about 500 pounds. It really could be a problem. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not usually like this. Sorry to the one and single first time visitor. Uh, wow. You know, when you get hit by bolts of lightning too, it doesn't help. God's so good, you know. It's so good. I encourage you guys tonight with the word, a very simple word. talk about waiting patiently on the Lord. That's funny. <laughs> it is funny. I'm glad there's not, not, a little, uh, not a lot of people I can't talk normally, never mind, under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Whew. Psalm 62. I really, thank God I don't have to read a lot of Bible tonight. Good. God's going to give us something fresh. I was thinking a lot about prophetic words coming to pass. <laughs> and all the things that block that. <laughs> and the main thing that usually blocks that is us. I say that with reality. The truth is, you know, Psalm 62 says this, I tru uh, truly soul silently waits for God, for from him comes my salvation. And I had a thought today just about the first day I got saved. I didn't have an evangelist. He just showed up in my room. You know, I was in distress, called out, and he came to my room and he just he took care of me. He touched me and he breathed hope back into my life, you know. And I'm thinking just everyone just think about that for a minute. You know, the day you, it's like, it should be galvanized in our spirit. The day that I just, that you came to Christ. The day that you said yes to Jesus. The day that he came to you and nothing was, you didn't have to worry about a thing. He was just coming to your rescue. And I was just having these thoughts this, just even today about when he showed up in my room, I was in such a deep, deep despair because of the lifestyle I was living. And he came in and he changed my life in a moment. He just, he just breathed hope. And that's what he does. He breathes hope. And so what happens is as we start to walk, we begin to walk in what he's called us to, things start getting a little turbulent, right? It does, we, we don't go, we, we move away from the, from the joy of our salvation. <laughs> We move away from it because we're no longer patient. And I'm thinking about the day I got saved was the, the most amazing day of my life. I'm glad you're all laughing. This is good. So I just want to, when David begins to pray this prayer, I wait patiently on you. And, and he's waiting for God alone. 
good when you get with God alone. Really, really good. And he wants us to live a life. <laughs> I can't get the words out of my head. Unspeakable and full of glory. Whoa. Right? He wants us to live a life where we're filled with just, we have hope and we're just patient, right? I tell you, we need joy because that will subserviate all the, pa all the impatience in our lives because we're satisfied. And this is what I want to talk about tonight is being satisfied with him and him alone. Right, because we receive words. I received so many words in, in my walk, right, over 20, 25 years. Right, God's speaking words and destiny over me. And then I'm getting uptight because stuff's not happening quick enough. <laughs> That's why you need joy. Oh, my. You need joy for that. Because when God comes in, he just anesthetized all the yucky stuff in your life, really. And we have to be satisfied with this place that he wants to bring us into, right? My soul waits. <laughs> and I'm happy tonight because we're waiting on God, right? That's what we did. We just waited on the Lord. And the Lord came in in such strength and joy. And the things that he just wants to just, <laughs> can I say lather us with? Is that funny? It is lathering. Because he just wants to cover us with, him, with the, the substance of who he is. And he wants us to be really, really happy and really cozy. <laughs> I can't, I'm going to be laughing the whole time, guys. I just, it's okay, right? I can just have joy and leave here and know that I totally couldn't, get away from anointing people because I'm like, the Holy Spirit wants to just mess with us. So allow yourself to be messed up. Wait patiently on the Lord because he wants to come in and mess you up. I promise you. And there's good, good things. And so, so much, you know, we start getting into goals and activity and starting doing the things of the ministry. And I, one thing that brings me a lot of joy is I have a friend who got a lot of got a lot of tough clients in ministry. A lot of people that come through, but he he operates out of a a fullness of joy in what he does. And there's such power in that, right? When people come to you and you don't have an answer, all you got is him, right? I waited patiently on the Lord, David said. And honestly, that was his heart cry because it took him 30 years to take the throne. You know that, right? 17 years. Sorry, that was another person. But it took him a whole lot of time to get to the place where God called him to, and that was to live. But he always saw above in elevated life, right? He looked with a perspective that he saw above, that he had to live out of a life of just waiting on the Lord and living 
in the fullness of who he was, right? And I can tell you this, that in our pursuit for getting to the place where God's calling us to, in our pursuit, because we want to get there, but I can tell you this one thing, that God has more passion and zeal for you to get to that place. He has more passion and zeal for God, for all the things that he's been saying over your life to be revealed. He lives. <laughs> I feel like I'm. Like I'm outside my body. It's weird. It is strange tonight. All the Lord wants us to do is look into his gaze. So simple tonight. So, so simple. But I so want us to get it. I so want us to grab it, that it's out of the gaze of who he is that we step into the places that he called us. And I'm telling you, he wants to meet with you face to face, right? So I have no gas in my voice. matter of him looking for us to look to him, right? He's waiting for our gaze, right? He's waiting for us to look to him, the author and finisher, right? He just wants us to behold him. My soul waits patiently. My soul waits patiently for God. Verse 5, my soul waits silently. For my expectations are from him. And I know I get on steroids sometimes up here. I pound pursuit, you know. And there is a thing of pursuit, but we need to learn to rest and be patient because he wants to come and visit us just as much as we want him to, we want him to come. Right? And so there's such simplicity in who he is and our relationship to him that I think we run right past it. <laughs> Come on, no one in this place has ever run past a place that you already had on a GPS, drove by it. And God knows where you live, and he's going to come visit. But as soon as we put down striving and effort, As soon as we put down effort, I'm telling you, he's coming to visit. Effort. And I'm not saying we don't do the basic disciplines, but we do those things out of just waiting. We got to learn to wait. I'm learning how to wait. And so waiting. Waiting reveals, you receive revelation in waiting. You know that? 
We wait patiently on him and he reveals himself. We receive expression of how he wants to speak to us. We receive his voice by waiting, right? So what happens? Let me ask this question. And I want you to think about it. Because I'm, you're, you'll listen to this message, but what happens when time expires? Right? When time expires, I'm saying, I'm talking about we have God's timeline on things that are supposed to happen. Right? Don't you? You have an expectation of how God's supposed to reveal himself to you and how you're going to enter into the things that he's called you to. Right? Or the things you've been expecting from him. You're like, God, time's up. You hear what I'm saying? Time's up. Time's up. And in the, in the midst of that, we go, okay, now I have to do something. I'm being honest. That's what we do. That when we think time's up, we got to go. And we got to make it happen. Right? I'm, I'm there. I've been there. I continue to go there, and it's like all that I can do just to wait. Because I'm not really a waiter, I'm a doer. I'd rather, you know, give me a plan, God, so I can do it. Give me a plan so I can execute what you want me to do, and I'll just do it. But don't make me wait. You hear what I'm saying? It's so important that we have times like we just, just stepped into tonight because when God does that and we need to live out of a place of joy and knowing that he's got everything in order and that he's going to bring us into the place right but what happens do we fall apart in waiting do I come unglued when I'm waiting when I've prayed a lot of prayers for that person to come to Jesus or for a release on some situation and it doesn't happen do I begin to come unglued? Because that's where God wants to show us who we really are. And here's what he's trying to do. In our waiting, he's trying to reveal who we really are. This came to me this week, and I'm like, Whoa, oh, that's not cool. God, I don't like that. Because I really want to be, I want to be a man like David, right? I'm going to use David as, because he's the one who wrote this one, Right? And he said, I waited patiently on the Lord. He, I waited patiently. How many know that David's life went through all kinds of ups, downs, and back? You know? He was anointed king. Right in front of his brothers. Except he wasn't even in the conversation. He wasn't even in the running. You know that, right? You know the story. He was sitting in, he was in the, he was in the field doing what he did, did every day. Smacking the wolves and getting rid of the lions and taking care of the bears. Right? Just keep the sheep safe. I'll be okay. But what happened was his, the prophet comes to Jesse's house because that's where he was directed to go. And then the Holy Spirit didn't anoint his brothers. And the prophet's like, what is going on? The right guy is not here. Isn't there someone else in your house? And what was David doing? He was waiting. <laughs> See, when he was anointed king, he was waiting. 
and he was probably having a little worship session right there, singing to his sheep. Right? How many like to wait? Yeah, I know there'd be no hands. It's okay. And so there just becomes this self-realization in the, in, the, in the midst of waiting. We realize who we are, right? We realize what God's doing. And can I tell you this, that things have changed, that when, there's, when we're in an encounter, all of a sudden things begin to change. Things begin to move. You're changed in an encounter. You're changed when you meet with him, when you wait upon the Lord patiently. And he comes and he invades your space and he invades your life. He comes in and all of a sudden he begins to do something deep inside of us, right? He begins to do those things that we've been asking him for. And the fire comes and it begins to stir our lives, right? And that's where we, we don't like the waiting. I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to see what's happening inside of me, right? And when you get close to God, these are some of the things that I just wrote down this morning. When we get close to God, he demands a response. Right? How many want to get closer to God? I mean, I want to get so close to God that all of my responses are, yes, yes, God, I'll do it. Help me, Jesus, but I'll do it. I need joy to go in there. I need presence to go in there. And that's what he wants to come with, his presence, to show us who we are and what's going on on the, in, what's going in on, going on on the inside. Wow. And everything inside of us becomes like him when we behold him. Do you believe that? That everything... That we encounter, when we encounter him, you, the whole idea is that you become like him. That you don't run from him. When God's wanting to deal with us and de deal with our in internal things, and he wants to deal with our hearts, Holy Spirit just begins to blow on your life and begins to reveal things to you. Because all the places that may be dark begin to open and illuminate, right? And so David did the same thing, right, when he... He was anointed king, and God began to do things in his life, and all the, all the things that God was trying to deal with to get him to the throne were revealed. Remember, he took down a giant. Why? Because he had the, already the internal battles to take down the giant. He took down the giant within first. Are you with me? Because the, the Lord wants to come and he wants to reveal the things in our hearts so that we deal with the things in our hearts so that when we come to the giant, and listen, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but the, the religious spirit that, that is all over America, right? It's way in the Northeast. It's a big time religious spirit in the Northeast. God's wanting to take that down, right? Well, first of all, it's not some little, you know, yippy little demon. You know that, right? that brings condemnation to you. No, that's something else, right? It's a principality that's over the region that needs to be broken down because a people have learned to deal with their giants. I'm serious, right? So when, 
when congregations begin to overcome in the small areas, it begins to take down big things. Right? So why, why Miles, why are you dealing with deep stuff for six weeks in a row? Personally, because God's dealing with me with the stuff, right? But also, he says, listen, if you're going to take down the big things, everything's got to get clean because we don't want to be whitewashed tombs, right, that begin to declare things, and then all of a sudden we're like the sons of Sceva getting beat up by demons. Hello. I know. I took the joy right out of it. It's okay. No, there's power in what God's doing because he wants to come to us in such a way that you encounter him and you're not trying to do more stuff. Because the big thing's coming and there will be a, someone that's going to call out and say, there, is there not a cause? Because that's what David did. His brothers criticized him for going and taking on the giant. Well, no one else will. And how do we take on the big thing if we can't take on the little thing? How did, how did David gain spiritual strength? I'm going to go back to it. By waiting patiently on the Lord. Every time you see David get into a battle, it's David inquired of the Lord. And he learned to live from a place where he was continually in fellowship and talking and speaking with the Lord. Right? It's communion. It goes back to Friday, right? Take and eat. And the Lord wants to come into a body of believers and really bring us into an encounter place where we are waiting patiently. God, I haven't seen all the things that you've put before me, but I know this, that you're bringing me into a place that I can wait, that I can trust, that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The strength of God will take me into the joy of serving Him. Are you hearing me? Because the power and the presence of God only will come to those who wait on the Lord. Listen, the answers don't come. I mean, I'll probably date myself with this thing. But those magic eight balls, come on, you shake them. What's the answer? He's not like that, right? He's not something where we just get a, a cookie-cutter answer. He's going to give you what you've been asking him for as you continue to pursue, as you continue to seek, as you continue to find, as he continues to come into your life and, wish, and patiently wait. Patiently paid. But here's what it is. The waiting is like a crucible, right? And you know what a crucible is. It's where fire comes and it tests things, right? I used to work in a, a, a metallurgy, a, a smelting plant, which would take precious metals and beat them up, and then we'd test them. But it was you only test metal by fire, right? And so the Holy Spirit is using waiting, <laughs> the waiting game. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Daily I wait upon him. My, my soul is lean, but fatness is coming. And fatness speaks of the anointing. And it won't come unless we wait and we have fellowship 
and we learn to, to look and to, to seek the face and see the eyes of, of him who's always been looking for us to come to him. I'm telling you guys, his love for us is so incredible that he wants to, he's drawing you even now and we don't even, we don't even discern it. Are you hearing me? We don't even discern him drawing us. We're so busy with the other stuff that we think that it's more important than him. And I'm not saying we drop all the good things and the good works and praying for the sick and casting out devils and all that stuff, but you need him. You need him. And every time in the Bible when you look at someone who's trying to make the purposes of God happen, it doesn't go well. I got to get this prophetic word going because I'm getting real impatient. So I'm just going to do stuff. And I'm going to try. And, and we do. We should do due diligence. We should do the things. But you need to be instructed. You need a, a blueprint. You need God to come and reveal himself and reveal the plan and release the grace upon it. Because, listen, when you start doing things, and I said this before, when we begin to do things and there's no fruit, you're going, trying to go through doors, but there's no grace. And God's trying to, we're looking for God to open the door and there's no grace to, for it to open. That means you go back and you say, God, I'm not, I'm not hearing you right. Right? It's okay. But some of us don't know when to stop and put that thing down. So many times I've had to just drop what I'm doing to recalibrate so that God would come and reveal the right thing. Because there is an Isaac and it's not an Ishmael, right? There is the true son and not something that we tried to make happen, right? And so God wants to do that for us. And God looks at our heart and, and he's looking. And, and David, when he was anointed, again, he was never invited to that place. He wasn't even considered. And God began to open doors all throughout his life, as he began to pursue, because he did it from when he was a youth. And he continued his life like that. And he made mistakes, because we see it. It's in the Bible, right? It was more than one. He made a few. And so I'm going to ask you a question. Are you satisfied with the one thing? Because this is what I'm continuing to ask myself. Am I satisfied with the one thing? And you're like, you're looking at me like, what's the one thing? Are you? Okay. Almost what the head no, but I feel people are like deer with chuck with the headlights. The one thing is pursuing him. The one thing is always pursuing him. The one thing is just seeking him while he may be found. And I know this is kind of like a, a reoccurring theme with me. But God is speaking that over and over to the body. And the body likes to ignore it. Right? So I'm conditioning, come on. I'm conditioning myself to be spot on. That my eyes look at his eyes. And when he speaks, then I do. That when I'm focused on him and pursuing him, then he opens up a door that I can run through it. It said that when the Spirit of God came upon David, right, 
that he would jump over a wall. He would take victories because the power of God. Do I go up to slay the Philistines? Yep, go up around when you see the trees moving. Then you'll know, go up, overtake. It says advance quickly is what it says. And so God will give us, as we inquire of him, he'll give us things that will show us the reality of who he is in the situation. He's over and above the situation. He's above the situation. And we always think he's down in the trench with us. But he's way above the situation. And the fire of God is going to come to help us to put a desire Tonight, we'll pray for that desire, God, that my eyes would be focused, that my, my, my gaze would be fixed on you, that nothing, guys, I'm so, that nothing would turn me to the right or the left, that nothing that my heart pursues, because I experience people throughout my whole walk, right, people that give me different advice to do things, right? People that would say, why don't you just do it this way when it's very self-promoting. And God is never about self-promotion. God's never about me trying to promote my stuff or promote my agenda, right? That's so interesting. God does not want us to work or manipulate situations that we, get to, that we get to the place that he's calling us, right? He wants us in the presence should be utmost, right? Presence should be the main thing. His presence on everything. And it's not, right, about the prophet coming to me and anointing me, and it's not about me moving into the palace, Right, because David never had any of those things on his mind. When the prophet came, the prophet came sovereignly looking for him. <laughs> Ready? Because we get in this mindset when we have, even when we have guest speakers, and you'll, you know, we'll have good prophetic ministry in August here. And you know, if God gives you a word, He's going to give you a word, and that's good. But you want to pursue God, and not a word. Right? You got to pursue Him. And not something that you're looking to grab because honestly, our soul can draw the prophet. I try to put up a no one's home on my head. It doesn't work sometimes. But I try to put, you know, like this, no, don't come over here. Joe seen me do it. Actually, Jamie, Jamie Galloway was one of the ones. I'm like, I don't want a word. Guy prophesied over me over at the bridge, that uh, North Shore, and I was like, no, no, no. And I wasn't when it was happening. I was like, uh, you know. But I'm not. You weren't looking. You don't look. Allow the Lord pursue Him. The oil comes from Him, so even if you get a word, you don't have the oil with it. Okay. You don't want the palace. You don't want the place of elevation, right? Anything, stay low. Right? David just tried to stay low. No, I won't, I won't touch God's anointed. I won't do it. I won't, I won't even take, I won't even cut his robe. 
Right? We don't live out of that mindset anymore because we think we're entitled. Oops. Right? And it's not out of an old order. It's called honor one another. Okay? So are we clinging to God or are we clinging to something else? It's questions I'm asking tonight. You can, you can answer them, you know, just type them in your phone. What are, what are we pursuing? Who am I pursuing? Am I pursuing something to, to manifest in my life that I be, believe in for? And I, I do believe that we have needs, right? And I do believe that when we're pursuing deliverance, we don't pursue deliverance. We pursue the Lord. When I pursue healing, I don't pursue the guy that has the healing anointing. I pursue the Lord. You hearing me? Because we got it all whacked out. We think it's the celebrity's going to lay hands on us and something amazing is going to happen. And it does. It does. But not every time. And then we leave discouraged. Right? It's okay. And no one needs to validate you. Right? I don't need validation. Because if I get my validation from other people and not from him, oh, boy, I'm just an orphan again. Right? I'm just living out of the heart of an orphan again, right? And so no one needs to validate you. And then even the Bible tells me that sometimes that Jesus said that you never knew me, but what you did signs and wonders. You did miracles. You did all those things. And I'm all for miracles, signs, and wonders because that's what we pursue. That's what we love. That's what we want to see manifested Right? We want to see it manifested through Jesus and the fullness of who he is, right? But it said this, that you never knew me. This is what he said to people. You did all those things, yet you never knew me. That's scary to me that he says that. That's really scary to me that he says that. I'm thinking, well, God, they must have been anointed. Like, they must have knew you somewhere. But somewhere they missed it and they bypassed because they just wanted to do the signs, wonders, and miracles and didn't want him, right? My soul waits for God alone. Do we just want to walk with God? <laughs> I keep going back to these simple questions. Do I just want to walk with God? Do I just want to live out of an Enoch anointing where maybe I go too far and can't come back? like that thought, that I just go too far with the Lord, and I can't get back. I get lost, right? Because that's what I have a feeling happened with Enoch. He just had constant, constant, constant time with, Jesus, with the Lord, right, with the Father. And he walked until he was no more, right? He walked right out of this realm into that realm and didn't come back. That's what the Bible says. Right? Did he leave on a chariot? I don't know. I, I want the film on that. I want the DVD, and I want to see. Did he leave like Elijah? And what did, even that, what did that look like? Because that was the same thing. All of a sudden, he just threw his mantle, whoosh, gone. After complaining, sounds like me. After complaining, here's an encounter. Because I 
you know, I can go back to that one thing in my life. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a mark in my life that I can say, God, it's not even about how much I fasted. You know my heart and you know I want to seek you. And so even in my frustration, you come and you visit me? When I'm completely impatient, so I don't know what this is saying. That totally takes the theology out of everything I'm saying tonight. I have no the theological reason why we wait. No, it was because of my past history with God. Because I patiently waited. I did patiently wait. But in frustration, I was like, God, if you want to talk. And he shows up like in the room. Live and in color. So the things that God wants for you, the one thing, ready? Taste and see. Last week it was take and eat. This week it's patiently wait and taste and see that the Lord is good. Because he's good. He's good. So he's looking for people who want to find their satisfaction in him. That would be you. That would be all of you. Because you can't be satisfied with any other thing in this world. You can't be. It's, it'll always come up E. Like you ran out of gas on the highway. Empty. I promise you. It'll always come up empty. Even in all of a sudden, there's great success sometimes, yet there's a hole. I've been in meetings, I've seen crippled people get up, and I leave with a hole in my soul. Why? Because ultimately I go back to my room and I say, God, I don't know what just happened, but I felt totally, I feel like I didn't, nothing happened. Like that was just, you'd think I'd be thankful. But I leave with this, this pit in my stomach, like, God, I need you more. Because of the five people that didn't get healed, I'm like, that's how I'm thinking. Because you want to see every single one healed, and you want to see every single person touched. And how does that happen in your life? When, let me tell you what happens. When you are so full of God, there's no room for anything else. You hear me tonight? When we are so full with presence, there's no room for anything else. We get worried about laying hands on people and demons are getting in on us. If this thing's full, nothing's coming in. If I am full of the presence of God, if I've been, my face has been seeking him and my history with him and I continue to look and I continue to gaze and I continue to just give myself over and ask him to just come into my life and, and wreck me and tear apart every part of my life, just flip every stone, flip every single thing, God, and just come into my life in such a way that I am just totally empty of all the stuff. Every insecurity, every place where I feel like I fall short, come in and wreck that spot. Everything. Because when he fills you, there's room for nothing else. Why do we need a fresh baptism all the time? Because we leak. 
God's wanting a, wanting, calling for a, a, a whole generation to come up and rise. A priesthood of believers that's going to walk in the fullness of God. That's not, that has their eyes fixed on one prize, that's Jesus. No podium, no platforms, no big ministries, no nothing. They don't care about that. All that happens, maybe. Maybe. But if that's the goal, I'm pursuing revival so that I can see reformation. I pursue God so that when revival's just the beginning. You understand? Acts 2 was just the beginning. It just opened the door for what God was about to do and mess up the whole Jewish synagogue and there was persecution and everything looked different and they didn't like it. Right? Because they got filled with the promise. And when the promise came, they were like blowing the place up. It said that Peter just began to preach and people would just get saved and baptized and transformed. Right? The power of God would hit Jerusalem and then they were all scattered because of persecution. But it didn't stop. So how do we get, what happens when persecution comes? Because that's what I'm talking about. When things start coming against what you've been believing for, all of a sudden you get shaken. And God's saying, don't be shaken. If anything, it should press you towards the mark of the high call. I'm so glad that God gave us a dose of joy this morning. This morning, Tonight, it was still light out. But I'm, I'm just continuing, I'm going to continue to do this. And that's just encourage you guys to just pursue. All the other stuff is going to come. And you're going to step out because you're going to get more comfortable and confident because God's going to just do amazing things. Right? But you don't question all kinds of weird stuff. You know, who he is in our lives, right? So sometimes, and I wrote this at the end here, it says, sometimes... When we start getting all, this, all the things happening, right, the ministry starts clicking, everything starts moving, all of a sudden we're focused on that. Even with business, we start focusing on that. Even with things that we've been pursuing, all of a sudden we're focused on that and not on him. Don't get fixated with the things that are all around you. You've got to be fixated with one. We fix our eyes on the problem. That's why I prayed earlier in the, that the... That the molehills won't be mountains. We get stuck on speed bumps. And God's saying, you rise above that. Look over that. Even the mountains, they shouldn't be an issue. Because it says that when, the, when God came, when Jesus came, it wiped all that out. Right? A people who were to prepare the way of the Lord, every high place was brought down. And if we're going to usher in a, re 
reformation, a revival, an awakening, whatever it looks like, every high place is going low and every crooked place is going to be made straight. Everything that God order will be set in order because that's who God is. And it may look chaotic, but it could be God's order. Huh? Sometimes chaos, we think chaos is not God. It's God all the way. We don't like that, though. Especially people who have, like, that personality where you've got to have everything explained. God's not into an explanation. Right? 